At long last, it's finally time for the Big East Media Day Special. A special so big, I had to divide it into two parts. Yeah, that's right, people, because of all the content I got, not just on the men's side, but on the women's side as well. This year's Big East Media Day Special here on the Igloo is a two-parter. And part one is today, and we start on the men's side with me, Timmy Ice. Just had to make sure I just got that quick little intro there before I transition to what I'm going to talk about. Well, first and foremost, for those of you that did see on social media, just just being at Big East Media Day inside the world's most famous arena, Madison Square Garden, was an experience in and of itself. It felt surreal to be back in that building. In fact, that was my first time being there since March 3rd, 20... No, not March 3rd. March 8th, 2018. It was the Big East quarterfinals and seeing my alma mater, Seton Hall, facing Butler in a game where my heart kind of got ripped out of my chest. Seton Hall had a lead. They let it slip away. They got an and one to go back in front. And then Tyler Weidman got a tip in in the final seconds to win the game for Butler and knock out Seton Hall in the quarterfinal round, one and done. And that was my last Big East tournament game as a student. And the last event I ever went to in Madison Square Garden until last Tuesday. As crazy as it sounds. So that was great being there. Also, the people that I saw that I've had on my show before virtually that I finally got to see in person was really awesome. You know who you are. I like I don't feel like I don't I'm not gonna have to I don't have to list names. If I saw you and I've had you on my show before, you know exactly who you are, and it was really great seeing you in person rather than just over a over a computer screen. And then just also just be in front of all those players and coaches and of course all other media members, you know, seeing people like John Rothstein there, Andy Katz, and of course, you know, great people from the Big East Conference, you know. John Fanta, uh, Megan Caffrey, Kim Adams, uh, Jenny Fisher, who was helping out. And um, and uh, and a guy, I didn't want to forget about him. First time seeing him in four years, Johnny Soper. Um, you know, seeing him there was uh, really great. And, and it was great seeing all, all of y'all there that I mentioned before. Uh, so, you know, I don't want to like, you know, go too deep into, you know, what we know, well, the preseason poll was out, and I was pretty much dead on with the only thing, only parts where I, that I got wrong were four and five flip-flopped and six and seven flip-flopped. Top three, I got dead on. Nova, UConn, and Xavier. Four and five, St. John's and Seton Hall. I had those flip-flopped. Six and seven, I flip-flopped as well. I had Providence at six, Butler at seven. In the preseason poll, Butler is 6, Providence 7, and then 8 through 11 I nailed right on the head. Creighton, Marquette, Georgetown, DePaul. And then Big East preseason player of the year, none other than Colin Gillespie, who was recently recently named a preseason first-team All-American by eight by the Associated Press. As for freshman of the year for, for the preseason, that honor went to Georgetown's Aminu Muhammad. So you're going to hear from, not well, unfortunately, I mean, it was shocking. Nova bounced almost immediately. So, you know, Jay Wright and all and, and the guys that were there, Gillespie, Jermaine Samuels, and Justin Moore, they were all gone before I even had a chance to do anything with them. And, you know, there are... And I believe, yeah, no, Nova was the only Nova's the only program that you won't hear from in, in, on the men's side of this special for part one. Women's side for part two, it was it was tough, but um, who you won't hear from? I mean, sadly, I, I couldn't get with UConn because UConn was just so busy as they would be, given how high profile of a program they are, like the premier program in all women's basketball, women's college basketball, that is. You also won't be able to hear from Butler. Couldn't get to them. Uh, also couldn't get to Marquette. And I also couldn't get to Providence. So, um, unfortunately, you know, don't got them on uh, part two. But I'll find a way to make sure you hear from them at some point during the season. So, 
Preseason, all Biggie squad. Well, I mean, Gillespie was omitted only because of the fact that he was player of the year. So, I mean, it's pretty much a given for him being on the first team anyway. So, the rest of the first team. Nate Watson from Providence. No surprise, Julian Champagny from St. John's. The dark horse that I had that I got dead on, Jared Roden from Seton Hall. And then two guys from Xavier also cracking the first team, Paul Scruggs and Zach Fremantle. Both very talented guys. I I could definitely see the argument for both of them. Obviously, I omitted them uh, because it was really tough to discern. You know, I I, I don't know. I just thought that, you know, it it was either going to be both or none of them making it. Well, in this case, both of them made it. So, uh, you're going to hear from those guys pretty shortly. Uh, So, uh, without further ado... um, yeah, might as well just start it off. You know, for, you know, first teams you're going to hear from. You know, as I mentioned, I I mentioned Xavier first, and this first quote that you're going to hear, you know, in my interview with Travis Steele, um, the head coach of the Musketeers. I mean, I want to make sure that I led with a very, very good soundbite, and Travis definitely provided that. And you're going to hear some other great soundbites, you know, in the, in the next few segments with uh, not just Xavier, but. Providence as well, who had a very disappointing end to their season a year ago. And then a rebuilding Creighton squad, uh, Greg McDermott, who, you know, thankfully um, that incident involving him and an inappropriate quote and that he used to, um, you know, try to rally his team that obviously didn't go over well with his players or anyone for that matter. That's in the rearview mirror for him and obviously... Turning over a new page with so much turnover, basically losing that entire starting five and retooling with a younger squad that is now, I guess, justifiably justifiably so in the lower half of the Big East preseason poll. Uh, So you hear from Coach Mack as well as uh, two of these most likely emerging faces on that young Creighton team, uh, Alex O'Connell and Ryan Kalkbrenner. So... Without further ado, Xavier, Providence, and Creighton from Big East Media Day. Yeah, so, uh, Travis, uh, obviously, you started off so well last year, and you know, things tailed off, but just being in the place where your season came to an end um, in, in the manner in which it did, um, you know, is that kind of lighting a fire under you and getting you motivated to actually you know, play that first game just three weeks from today? Absolutely. You know, obviously I've told our guys, listen, we have a lot of guys returning from last year's team. Zach Freeman and Paul Scruggs were both preseason first team all-league guys, Colby Jones, all these guys. And um, it doesn't motivate us. It didn't end the way we wanted it to. Let's, let's be very loud and clear on that because I thought we had a great team and for a multitude of reasons we didn't finish strong. And um, but we're not going to make any excuses, right? We are who we are and we're going to play the games. And I think we've had a great off season. It's really motivated our guys, you know, attack every single day. And because uh, I get excited about practice, that's me. I want our guys to be excited about practice. Um, and then the games will take care of themselves here starting on November 9th. And how helpful is it going to be, you know, getting back into that 31-game routine this year where, you know, you guys were hit pretty hard by COVID, one of the hardest hit teams in the conference. So getting back to that 31-day grinding, you know, playing all 20 of those Big East Conference games compared to the 13 that you were able to get in last year. Yeah, we're excited. Listen, I, listen, they, they – when I found out I could get the vaccine, I was getting that thing right away. <laughs> stick me, you can stick me 30 times in my arm. I didn't. I was so tired of being contact traced and being in quarantine, as our guys were as well. Um, so we're excited, man, and to be able to play everybody round robin like it's supposed to be a normal season. You know, we get to we didn't get to go to UConn last year. I've never been to stores. You know, just all the different places in the Big East, man, and get to get fans back in here. And what it's supposed to look like. And you also didn't get a chance to play Nova or DePaul either. And, you know, like, and Nova, I mean, you know, there's this, I've noticed, I mean, there's this, you know, three-year trend, you know, where, you know, 16, you beat them. 19, you beat them in the CentOS Center. I'm not trying to prophesize anything, but <laughs> if, if, if my numbers are telling me correctly, but, you know, how poor is it going to be actually, you know, getting to see those, I mean, not being able to play those teams a year ago, now you finally get to see them twice again like it should. Yeah, it's great. It's, it's uncertain. Like last year, all of a sudden, we find out, hey, we're not playing. It may be two days before the game or a day before. Or shoot the night before we were going to lose to a certain opponent. 
you know, it's just kind of weird. You know, you just didn't know what to expect, and you had to be nimble, right, and be light on your feet. Um, but we're excited, like I said, to be able to play everybody twice. So, Zach, um, last year I asked you got I asked you about, you know, the bad taste that was left in your mouth from being here and losing to DePaul. Very similar situation last year, losing to Butler. Um, like, gauge where, like, that need for redemption is this year uh, compared to last year. This is the taste in your mouth way worse after doing it twice. Um, it's just like we're we're basically at a point where it's it's we must win. Like it's not an option. It's not okay. We can come in, hope for the best. You know, hope we make the tournament. Nah, we got to come into the Big East tournament and win. Like it's, every game. it's put up or shut up time basically. Exactly. We're gonna go home and. That's all it is. And you guys are going to test test yourselves, you know, playing Ohio State at home. You know, you go to Brooklyn for a couple tough games where, you know, you might run into a very young but extremely talented Memphis squad. Mm-hmm. You know, um, like how important is it going to be, you know, obviously you can set the tone big time like you did last year in non-com where you run the table. But, you know, how important is it going to be, you know, to carry that over into the Big E schedule where, you know, last year you could only play 13 of the 20 scheduled games you're supposed to be playing, but, you know, playing that 20 games, you know, putting up a good enough result where you're going to be back in the tournament. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was hard last year. You know, COVID pauses definitely sucked and all that, but, yeah, we got to keep everything rolling, conference play, non-conference play. It all matters at the end of the day in terms of getting to not only the regular tournament but the Big East tournament. And it doesn't really matter what seed we get or anything like that. We, we just got to win. Sounds good. Uh, so, Paul, for you, uh, <laughs> um, you know, coming, I feel like, you know, missing out not just on the, you know, 2020 NCAAs but missing out on it last year too, you know, was that a, one of the biggest, if not the big motivating factor for you to come back for that one final year? Um. Yeah, I would say that's part of a motivating factor. But, you know, hooping with my guys, that that was the big motivating factor, you know, coming back with them. Um, I just love them. You know what I'm saying? I love playing with them. We all got good chemistry with each other. So they was the main reason why I came back. And, you know, how important is it going to be, you know, for a lot of the younger guys they took under your wing, like a Colby Jones, now they're a year older, a year wiser, and now they are, you know, more mentally and physically ready to, you know, take on – that gauntlet of the Big East schedule, you know, head on, not really look at it like a deer in the headlights. Right. Um, yeah, you know, oh. <laughs> uh, you know, like you said, they uh, mentally prepared, bodies physically are prepared, you know, and they, just their second year coming in, they're going to be ready. All right. So, obviously, the goal is to get back to the tournament, you know. Um, so, obviously, the last time you did was your freshman year. Mm-hmm. You with a, it was led, it was a veteran-led group. And yep. I know they were in Cincinnati this summer training for TBT. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, JP and Trey um, were in town as well. Sean O'Mara, guys, you know, that you play with. Um, you, know, you know, how great was it just to see them? And, you know, how important was it, you know, talk things over with them in terms of, you know, um, getting yourself back in the mindset to go back to the tournament when the last time that you were in it, right. you were playing alongside those guys. Yeah, um, it was great seeing them, you know, them coming back to the school, showing everybody love, and then uh, playing with us and stuff like that. It was, it was a great moment, you know. And then just sitting down, talking with those guys, trying to pick, the, pick their brain about what they did in college and how they led the team and things like that. And, um, yeah, that was really it. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, Colby, for you, I mean, obviously, you know, one of the younger guys coming in, but obviously, you know, during the summer, I mean, I'm assuming you were around to see those guys train for TBT and get ready for that back in July. Um, You know, what was it like just being around those guys and seeing guys that were, that became established winners at this university and led them to heights that they had never really seen before? Yeah, it definitely was a motivator just seeing those guys, how they came in, put in the work and the success they had was hopefully something I'm looking forward to having. And so for you now being a year older, you're wiser, and you know now you know exactly what you're going to be getting yourself into um, in this league, and being now having being on a team that now shoulders some expectations. Uh, you know, being now that you're not a freshman, um, you know how important is it going to be to mentor the younger guys, and you know also you know solidifying the older guys like Paul, Zach, and, you know, Kunkel, as well as Nate Johnson, you know, to help solidify that rotation and get them back to that level, you know, like you said, expecting to make the NCAA tournament actually fulfill that. 
Uh, yeah, just helping out the young guys like Cesar and Elijah, and like even like the transfers like Jerome and uh, Jack. Um, it's going to mean a lot for them because I know I had those like Paul and Zach and all the older guys last year teaching me all this stuff. So just to pass it on forward and just be able to bring our whole group together collectively. So uh, last year, I kind of so I asked you about you know the kind of swagger that you guys played with down the stretch and what attributed to that. And this past year, obviously in this building, you know it was uh, kind of the ending that you didn't want. And I was so my I guess my question is, do you think trying to avenge um, and redeem yourself for a season-ending loss like that is something that's more tangible in terms of having a something legitimate to redeem yourself for rather than the year before where your season ended because of something that was out of your control like the pandemic honestly i think you got to turn the page you know i mean we didn't have the year we wanted to have last year we didn't we didn't finish the way we wanted to finish but i think uh this year's group is a different group i think you got to give each kid an opportunity to be special uh you know you've done it long enough where you can't worry about what happened last year you gotta look forward to this year and do the best you can so and, and with that said i think you know non-conference play i mean obviously you had limited opportunities last year but this year you know there are plenty of opportunities for you guys to capitalize cashing on some pretty good wins um, go to Wisconsin you got the Legends Classic um, in Newark and then you renew that uh, in-state rivalry with uh, Rhode Island at home um, you know um, how important is it going to be to set the tone in those first 11 games before you start Biggie's play with that big you know New England rivalry at UConn well yeah we're excited to play we're excited that UConn is in our league you know it'll be a natural home and home you know the crowds will be great which is, I'm just excited to coach man you know what I mean we're doing something on our worst day would be somebody's greatest day so no complaining um, I'm looking forward you know Danny has a really good team you know they'll be great for the league playing in this building for the Big East tournament just a lot of fun stuff to look forward to so uh, Nate I guess uh, the question I got for you is uh, so I asked AJ last year um, it wasn't really the season ending that you wanted um, losing to Paul here and it's more of a tangible season ender compared to the year before when it was something that was out of con out of your control that ended your season with you know the beginning of the COVID pandemic. Mm. Um, do you think because of that more tangible ending to your season a year ago, that's something that is something that you it's more motivating to try to redeem yourself for? Yeah, I mean, we, we definitely did not like how we went out last year and the year before that. So we definitely have some you know, goals this year. I have some team goals and some individual goals. You know, I definitely want to, you know, prove something to the people who don't look at us. You know, like, um, you know, we're always seen as the underdog, which I like that because it means we have something to prove. And so, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, take that last loss and, you know, fuel, have it fuel us into getting more wins. And how important is it going to be, you know, not the, in the experience that you bring back, not just you, yeah. but Noah Horkler, A.J. Reeves is now a senior, yeah. bringing in a guy like Al Durham who has been – been through the ringer, you know, in, in a, another very tough league like the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, we're a veteran group this year. We have like six or, six or seven seniors, and uh, I feel like this uh, this group will definitely have a lot more energy. You know, we're not focused on the offensive end so much. We're focused on the defensive end and what we can do to stop teams. Um, you know, we definitely pick up our rebound. Me, and I definitely pick up a rebound, but you know, that's one thing we that's one thing we really practice and practice now is rebounding. So I think that's really going to help us. So. Uh, so last thing I got, um, obviously with this younger, uh, no, with this, you know, with this group, the experienced group that you got back, how important is it going to be to set the tone and win a couple big non-conference games? I know you got the um, in-state robbery game in Rhode Island renewed this year. They didn't play a year ago. But, you know, going to play at Wisconsin in Madison, uh, playing the Legends Classic in Newark where you're going to play a good Northwestern team. And whoever you get, whether that be Georgia or Virginia afterwards, uh, could bolster the resume. Yeah, I mean, every non-conference win means a lot, you know, in order to, you know, finish our bid in the NCAA tournament. But these, these games will definitely help us build our chemistry and help us know who one another are. So, I definitely, we can't take these games lightly because they mean a lot on the long run. So, having your season end on the terms that did where it was something in your control, losing a game rather than having the season end because of something that was out of your control like the pandemic, do you okay. think that's something that you want to, like, redeem yourself for more than the year before? Okay, yeah. Uh, so, 
That's a good question. Um, losing, losing in this building last year to DePaul definitely left left a bad taste in our mouths. Definitely had us coming back this year thinking, you know, we got to make up for it, but not just make up for it, that one loss. Make up for the whole season as a whole. You know what I'm saying? I feel like this year we there's a different energy and, and aura around the around the building, around the team. And so we're just coming out trying to be the best that we can, and we're trying to kill, you know what I'm saying? So I really think that this year we're going to have a really good year. So. Thoughts on being picked up? So, you know, last year, you know, it was awfully tough, you know. Um, just playing in a pandemic is tough as it is to begin with. Um, so I guess the um, question I have, you know, getting back into that routine 31-game schedule this time around and, you know, being able to – granted, you played 19 of the 20 conference games, which was – in the you know in the top half of the teams you know in terms of fulfilling that 20 game schedule uh but do you think getting into that 31 game routine again is that that will help not only your team but also yourself in terms of just establishing routine and you know playing more consistently yeah definitely and you know last year especially with COVID restrictions like we didn't have a summer really to you know work together as a team and be there and build that chemistry as much as we could have if we you know, we're able to be there in the summer, and then fall workouts as well. We also had we had some lockdowns where we couldn't work out for a couple of times, but definitely having that 31 game schedule, you know, basketball is a rhythm thing. So being able to have more games and being able to play more, I feel like it's definitely gonna help our team, you know, build confidence and chemistry and you know, rhythm to compete where we want to. And you know, how important is it going to be, you know? With all the experience that you guys have with a lot of seniors and upperclassmen in general, how important is that going to be in terms of, you know, getting back to where you want to be, which is in the NCAA tournament? Um, we definitely have a lot of, like you said, a lot of older guys. And that means we got a lot of guys that know what it takes to get to that level. You know, we've been around a lot of teams and been around a lot of good players and a lot of good coaches. So we're just going to bring all our knowledge together and, and our skills and just you know, bring it all together and, you know, get back to where we know we can be. So, Al, you know, you're coming in from the Big Ten, and, you know, obviously that's a great conference in itself, but, you know, stepping into the Big East um, in this last year of eligibility for you, you know, what made you want to take on this challenge of, you know, giving yourself a new and unique challenge for your final year of college ball? Uh, just, you know, wanted to see something new. I felt like I played for you in that team. Obviously, yeah, I'm one of the best conferences. Oh, awesome. And hardest, toughest schedules that we've yeah, 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 been out so far. A lot of great teams. But I wanted to, you know, get the chance to expand my game and show my game. That's what we're showing enough for you. Four years, and I feel like Coach Cooley gave me the opportunity, gave me the, you know, leash to be able to, you know, showcase my game, showcase that I'm a better player than what I so obviously, you know, there's a couple opportunities, you know, in this non-conference schedule where you're playing against teams that you're awfully familiar with. You know, you go to Wisconsin, where obviously that's a tough environment within itself. Um, and then in Newark, as part of the Legend Classic, you get Northwestern. Um, do you think, you know, having that familiarity might get might help you in those games? Because I know winning in Madison is easier said than done, but, you know, to get a win against any Big Ten team is a huge boost to the resume. Um, feels like I can't shake it. You know, the Big Ten is following. No, most definitely I'm familiar with both teams. Played against them numerous times. I feel like, you know, just having that, you know, experience against them. Being able to just play the Wisconsin last year, even with no fans, it was a tough place to play in. So, you know, just being able to have that experience and just bring it back to my team and being able to set up a game plan to be able to take on these two teams. So, I guess for you, um, I guess my question would go, you know, stepping into this environment here at Providence, um, like, can you, like, tell, like, you know, this is a this is a major step up just just from being here in the world's most famous arena, just how, how much are you looking forward to, you know, getting into the thick and thin of, you know, arguably one of the deepest, if not the deepest conference in, in all of college basketball? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm really excited about it. I mean, I've never As a kid growing up in the Northeast, uh, you always you know, know about the Big East. You the always hear about the all the battles between you know, the love. Garden and the Big East uh, <laughs> tournament and everything. So, I mean, it's, it's just a different yeah, feel. It's a totally love, different feel than it was in the SEC. Um, but so I, I'm excited because of all, all, the, all the great places that I'm, I'm going to be playing and all the, all the places that it's a close job for my family to come watch me play.
all my family and friends watching play when I play in Jersey, New York, DC, all that. Any particular games you're looking forward to in the conference late? Um, I mean, right now I'm just looking forward to all of them. Really, I'm, I'm just getting ready to get this thing going. Uh, just, just, just be, yeah, be, I mean, it'll be nice to play against the Hawks. I'll be from Jersey. Okay. I'm excited for that. Sure. So, uh, Coach Mack, um, obviously, you did lose a lot. I mean, you know, losing Ziggy, uh, DJ, uh, Christian Bishop to the portal, um, along with, you know, Denzel. Um, obviously, I mean, obviously, there's significant losses. But, you know, something to look forward to. I mean, there's still a lot of talent on the roster, and there's still a lot of uncertainty in terms of, you know, who's going to play what minutes. Uh, so, um, you know, what's it been like, you know, just watching these guys in practice and, you know, trying to cultivate that rotation that you're looking to use three weeks from now. Yeah, and, you know, that's been the biggest challenge is the consistency. You know, you know one day two or three of the freshmen are great and the other two have rough days and the next day it's reversed. Uh, guys that had a rough day before, the day before are great and the other three have struggled. So that's just part of it. It's part of the process uh, with, a, with a young player and a young team. Uh, but I really like this group and I, I think you'll see – uh, I think you'll see us play more guys, uh, especially early in the season. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if our rotation doesn't go till 10 or 11, depending on the situation, just because there's, there's not a ton of difference. Uh, but they're at the same time, they're a really, really talented group of young guys. And how important is it going to be, you know, with a lot of these non-conference games, you know, you, you, you play a couple, I mean, tough road games going to, you know, local rival Nebraska and then playing at Iowa State. Played B, a very good BYU team on a neutral court in uh, Sioux Falls and, you know, a couple other, you know, Arizona State and other Power 5 team and other other opportunities, you know, in the Paradise Jam in the Virgin Islands. Uh, so how important are those games going to be in terms of, you know, getting them mentally and also physically ready for that grind of a 20-game conference schedule? Well, it's part of the learning curve for the young team especially. I mean, you can watch practice film until you're blue in the face, but you need to play against somebody else and be able to pull that film out and then you know, watch yourself either either execute the way you're supposed to or make a mistake against someone else and how, now how do we fix it. And I think we have some games that are going to allow us to play a lot of people, uh, but we're going to be challenged. As you mentioned, the Nebraska game is in November this year. It's our third game of the season, and, and I think Fred's got a better team there. And obviously we're extremely young. And, and then I think the trip in to the Virgin Islands would be good for us to get away. And from a team bonding perspective, I think it's outstanding. Uh, but that, you know, that stretch in uh, that stretch in December with Iowa State at our place and Arizona State at our place, going and playing BYU in Sioux Falls as we enter Big East play and open with Villanova is going to be very challenging uh, for a young team. But, you know, that's how you grow, and I think that's how you prepare yourself for what's going to be an outstanding Big East uh, slate again this season. So, Alex, uh, I'll start with you. Um, so. You were, you know, coming in from Duke, and still, you know, you had a lot of experience, you know, playing for one of the most high-profile college programs in the country. Uh, but, you know, with given how good that team was last year, you know, you kind of took a back seat. Uh, so, what's the adjustment been like for you over the summer from being one of the role, one of the role players, to now being one of those guys in the in the forefront now? Uh, I mean, it's it's been good. I mean, I came in, transferred into Creighton last year, you know, kind of expecting to sit out, and, you know, come in, in and play this year. So, you know, taking that back seat, as you would call it, last year, I, I was okay with that. You know, the, the team last year was a great group of guys. So, you know, I was all right with taking that role. You know, it's it's actually a role that I've been pretty used to with Duke. You know, being a guy who comes in off the bench and just you know brings energy when he can. So. But I've been really trying to step it up, and you know I'm ready to step into a more prominent role this year. You know, being a vocal leader, and you know just being an older guy who has experience that these young guys can look to. You know? So it's been fun, and I'm really excited to you know step into this new role as the season comes to a, a beginning here. It also helps that you have you know I mean obviously you know help you leading the backcourt, and obviously it helps when you have a great frontcourt guy like Ryan Kalkbrenner here. And um, you know you had a pretty pretty good summer, you know playing um, you know. Getting some experience in um, the uh, you know, event for FIBA and you know, representing Team USA, which uh, you know, first and foremost, you know, before I follow that up, you know, what was it like representing your country um, in in the sport that you know you, you want to make a living out of? It's cr kind of crazy to think about. I never would have thought like I'm playing for a USA basketball team, and then when I put the jersey on for the first time, I was like, kind of like, oh my god, I'm really playing for USA. So that was just amazing experience. Like it's such an honor to play for them and represent the country. And what did you learn most from that experience that you're going to take forward with you now when being um, you know one of the leaders on on this young but still a very talented squad. 
Um, you, I would say just everyone on that USA team is so successful. You kind of watch and look at the little habits and things they do to be successful. So just take those little things they do and try to bring them to crate and, and have everyone pick those up. So as we shift gears, staying in the Midwest, the two teams that finished in the bottom two spots of the Big East last year were DePaul and Butler. And DePaul, they got a lot of turnover. You know, Charlie Moore transferred to Miami for his extra year of eligibility and his final year of eligibility. Romeo Weems left early to turn pro. Pauly Polycap transferred to West Virginia. And I can't believe I'm blanking on who else was on that squad. It really, It's really annoying me that I, like, can't remember, but I mean, Kobe Elvis is gone. Darius Hall's gone. Oscar Lopez is gone. I mean, DePaul lost a lot, and they lost a lot from a team that was already bad as they were, unfortunately. But, you know, it's a new era. Tony Stubblefield takes over as the head coach as as he comes over from Oregon, where he was a top assistant under Dana Altman. For a program that has been one of the best nationally in the last five to ten years. And, you know, their main focus is turning the page and, you know, essentially rising from the grave, if you will, and, you know, trying to climb out of this Big East basement because their best finish since realignment was tied for seventh back in 2015. And they finished dead last. In all but, I think, two years? Yeah, 15 and 16 were the only years in where they were not tied for or had dead last outright. So, and then Butler, sixth in the preseason poll, they really struggled out of conference and they were hit hard by COVID, but... They really came together in conference play, and they took down both Villanova and Creighton at Hinkle. They were very good there, and they went 7-3 and three in Big East play in that building. Again, they, but on the road, they only had one conference win, and that was at DePaul, who didn't win a single conference game at home a year ago. So, I, I think that's the perfect segue, so... Uh, so right now, um, let's transition to uh, hearing from uh, two players from DePaul, uh, Javon Freeman-Liberty, who's coming back after transferring in from Valpo, and then uh, newcomer Brandon Johnson from Minnesota. And then on the Butler side, you're going to hear from uh, two guys that really made that team go and were pretty solid in the Big East tournament last year, You know, beating Xavier before ultimately losing to Creighton in the quarterfinals. Uh, Bryce Enzi coming back for his final year of eligibility, and then... Um, a rising star in this conference, uh, Chuck Harris, who uh, will be entering his sophomore year. Uh, Javon, um, last year obviously was a very trying season for several reasons. I mean, you didn't get to play a game until four weeks after opening night. Um, you know, um, how relieving is it, at least for you, that you're you know going to be able to play that full 31 game schedule routine back into that routine now this year? Uh, it's very relieving. Uh, just, I mean, it was hard, you know, with the COVID guidelines. But um, it's just, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say it's like out of my head uh, in general, that season that we had last year. I mean, it's still, like, uh, in the back of my head, but it, I use it for motivation. Um, but I'm just very excited to get going this season and just to have fans back at my arena. And, you know, for you know, you got to play at least in front of some fans here yeah. back in March. And, you know, granted, I mean, you didn't, you didn't win the turn, but at least you came in here and won a game last year, um, you know, Overall, I mean, at least you got that out of the way, so a sense of accomplishment there. So, you know, how do you plan on taking that little bit of momentum into into this into this year, and and, and and especially in some of these more difficult games, playing teams like Rutgers and Loyola Chicago, um, going to Louisville and Northwestern as well. Uh, I mean, those are like some big time games, but um, but you know, we have like a great coaching staff to prepare us all the way up into those games. Um, I would just say uh, this team this year is a, a very, very rounded team. 
toughness. We compete every day on and off the court. No matter what we do, we're always competing, always talking, always around each other. And I just feel like, not to bring on last year, but uh, we was missing like that team chemistry only because like the COVID guidelines. So right. we couldn't like hang around each other, be around each other. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, you know, with that in mind, you know, you start off, you know, with some good opportunities at home in conference play. You get Creighton and Seton Hall, you know, right before Christmas. Mm -hmm. um, how important is it going to be setting the tone, you know, protecting that home court at Wintrust by winning at least one of those games and maybe even stealing both of them? Yeah, um, it's very important. Uh, those are like our first two conference games in their home. So um, I just feel like if we get those two, we'll be able to show people like, what we really can do and what we're capable of this season. All right, well, appreciate it. So, uh, Brandon, you know, first and foremost, you know, uh, obviously, you, you know, I, I mean, you obviously know, like, DePaul was very hard hit by COVID last year, and they really, you know, weren't able to get a lot of games in. But, you know, getting back into this 31-game grind, um, you know, um, you know, what's it going to be like, you know, getting back into that normal routine, well, at least in that sense, and, you know, going up against, you know, some very good high-caliber competition, like playing a Rutgers and a Loyola Chicago, and, you know, even going to Louisville and Northwestern. Uh, I mean, I feel like it's something that like we all been waiting make for, shots like, as well as make just as players as a whole. Because last year, it was really hard on David Jones, pretty much everybody involved in the game but, of basketball you know, and in the world in general. Like, our schedule, like I'm really looking forward to. We have a lot of great non-conference games that will really test our ability going into conference. But my, I'm ready for it, and my guys are ready for it as well too. So really yeah, and you know. In terms of, you know, at least the conference slate, you know, how important is it going to be, you know, because you get two home games right off the bat, start that conference schedule. How important is it going to be setting the tone and, you know, picking up a win before Christmas against either Creighton or Seton Hall or maybe even both? Yeah. Um, the conference play, like, I'm really looking forward to that as well, too. Because, like, as a child, like, I always watched a lot of Big East games with my father and everything like that. And seeing how these teams have advanced over the years, like, I'm really looking forward to playing against them as well. But I feel like going into this year, like, with the guys that we added to the team and everything, um, I feel like we match up very well against uh, a lot of teams within the conference. So I'm looking forward to actually getting the test that out. Yeah, and, you know, and... Obviously, with being picked at the bottom of the table, you know, obviously, you know, part of it, part of it, you know, might, might be just having that motivation. Essentially, you know, turn some heads and prove some people wrong in terms, of, you know, being almost picked unanimously, pick, you know, at the bottom of the at the bottom of the standings. Yeah, it's, it's something that I I expected when the predictions came sure. Um, I really don't like, like I look at predictions, but I don't really take them into account, honestly, because anybody can win on any game. Especially in this league. It all depends on how hard you play, coming in day in and day out, and the work that you put into winning every day. But you mentioned uh, the predictions don't really mean much to me, but as long as we play hard, I believe we'll change right no, last year um, was obviously trying in itself, and you were surprisingly one of only two teams that actually played your full 20-game schedule um, in conference play. Do you think that's because you were able to fulfill that last year? Do you think it's going to be easier to be able to handle that 20-game gauntlet this time around? I always, the previous years, we always had the full conference game on the schedule, so last year was the same, you know, this year just be another year, just like full conference schedule, so I mean, so, you know, um, how important is it going to be now getting back into that usual 31-game routine where you're playing those 11 non-conference games, and that, that non-conference slate's pretty tough with a lot of tough games. You know, Michigan right. State, Maui Invitational, which is in Vegas, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. Uh, and, then, and then, obviously, you know, you, you know, play a good team like Purdue and you go to Oklahoma. Um, so, I mean, how important was it going to be for, you know, this experienced team to go through a very tough non-conference schedule to get you ready for that Big East grind? Oh, uh, it's gonna be fun for us. I mean, it's not a great competition, and I don't know what we're here for. But I think it'll uh, prepare us for the Big East because I know every night it's gonna be a, a tough one. So we're all ready for it. 31 games. I know we're just gonna have to be in the training room a little more. So, like I said, looking forward to it. Yeah, and so uh, lastly, you know, you, Aaron Thompson, all came back as well as you know Jair Bolden. Mm -hmm. um, you know, having those quote unquote super seniors, you know. Like, how much of a leg up do you think that gives you guys in terms of, you know, rising up and drastically improving from a year ago and making it back to the NCAA tournament? Uh, for us, it's about being healthy and then uh, 
second we just want to we're old veterans and we play this game or played in college for a while now so I mean having that experience and just kind of knowing what to do to win or what loses too I guess uh, I think will help us out. All right, really appreciate it, Bryce. Yes, Thank you. Yeah, Thanks no problem. Hey, Chuck, might as well hit you now. Um, kind of ask you a bit of a tough question. When you guys beat Xavier in the Big East tournament, I, I asked, you know, how satisfying was it? And, like, I think I might have uh, tried to, like, lowball you there, trying to give you, you know, some somewhat of a soundbite in terms of, you know, like, you know, like it's what the people want to hear. But for a freshman to not say that, like, that's maturity. And, and now being – a year older and a year wiser as a sophomore, you know, having that maturity brought to the table along with a lot of the veteran talent that surrounds you, um, you know, how important is that going to be in terms of, you know, Im- improving a lot on, you know, how how strong you guys were, especially at home, but, you know, getting a big win in the postseason like you did here in this building against Xavier. Right. Uh, I mean, just a, a year of experience like that is really, like a COVID year is definitely something like, that nobody could really prepare for. Um, and I, along with uh, my class in particular, getting a year under, under the belt and uh, adding back our, our fifth-year seniors and stuff, it's, it's definitely going to help us uh, win some of those tough games on the road and uh, and ultimately like win at home. Too. Yeah, and obviously, like we talk about, you know, you guys were kind of night and day, at, you know, compared to, you know, what you were like at Hinkle right. versus, you know, away from it in Big East play. You, you won one game in conference away from home, but you went 7-3 and three at home. Right. Um, you know, what's going to be the biggest difference maker in terms of what you guys need to do to solidify yourselves? You know, defending home court's one thing, but getting crucial road wins in this conference, they don't come easy. So what's it going to take to, you know, accumulate more of those wins instead of just settling just for the one and you know like obviously those rovins will go a long way in terms of the how the selection committee will look at you and getting one of those 68 bits for the tournament uh yeah definitely um just just coming in every night knowing that not not every game is guaranteed i think uh we struggle really just like being able to focus like with everything going on but i definitely think this year like being much more mature than we are it's definitely gonna help us uh find a way to win those tough road games so let's kick it to the tri-state area, shall we? I mean, that's where I was just last week. And obviously the three closest schools to Madison Square Garden, Seton Hall, St. John's, and UConn, all three teams finished in the top five of the league, only behind Nova and Creighton with UConn at number three, and then St. John's and Seton Hall finishing in a tie for fourth. And UConn, they cracked the top 25 of the preseason poll for the AP at number 24, second in the Big East preseason poll, and then St. John's and Seton Hall, they're neck and neck uh, for the four and five spots in the conference. Although St. John's had a pretty considerable margin over Seton Hall for the four spot. So, again, keeping things in the tri-state area, and, you know, three programs that, you know, Seton Hall has really made a comeback in the last six years after not having not made the tournament in the previous decade. Uh, St. John's, they're on their way back up, looking to make their first tournament appearance since 2019, which would be only their third in the last decade, I believe, if they were to make it back this year. And for Mike Anderson, this would be a huge accomplishment, doing that in his third year. And then, of course, UConn, you know, first year back in the Big East. They made it back to the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2016. Um, They lost James Booknight, but returned basically everybody else. So you're going to hear from, you know, all of Seton Hall's representatives, which were Miles Kale, Jared Roden, Ike Obiagu, and Tyree Samuel. And then on the St. John's side, uh, you'll hear from my pick to win Big East pre- uh, Player of the Year, Julian Champagny. And then from UConn, uh, the man known as the Wrench, Isaiah Whaley. And yep, I asked him about it. Uh, you're going to hear his thoughts on that, um, along with, again, all those players from Seton Hall, as well as Julian Champagne from St. John's. Without further ado, here they are. Let's hear from them. Uh, MC, you know, you and I go way back. Last year, I kind of, you know, I feel like I asked kind of a dumb question about what your legacy will be, but I think to ask the better question, just to focus on the here and the now. You know, last year, 
the finish of the season wasn't what you guys wanted. And do you think having that poor end of the season where you kind of played yourself out of a tournament berth, do you think that's more of something to redeem for rather than having the previous year end of, because of something that was out of your control, like the pandemic? Nah, that's something I definitely want to redeem. That's the reason that I came back for this year, for my fifth year. Um, I feel like we did throw away some games that we should have won. And if we won those games, we'll be in a whole different, we'll be holding a whole different conversation. So, um, uh, yeah, that, that definitely, that's something I really want to get to, back to that NCAA berth, and um, something I want to go far in, not just the first round, and I actually want to play in there for a little bit, and um, I think this team can do it. Uh, and, and just that experience that you bring of being a part of two NCAA tournament teams before this, and, you know, winning a Big East regular season title the year before, you know, um, you know, how do you want to, like, convey that experience to the guys, you know, that are just coming in like a Jameer Harris, like a Kadari Richmond. Granted, Kadari, yeah, he played in the tournament, but, you know, he had it, He hasn't played in the Big East, you know, the four years like you have. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing I have on a lot of people is my experience. And I've been through a lot of things in my five years. I've been through, like you said, two NCAA tournament uh, births and um, I had a, I won a 2020 Big East uh, regular season. So all those things that I've been through, a lot of them can't say they had that on their resume. So I feel like that's the most important thing I have is experience. And I just try to share that experience that I have with them with my teammates. And uh, they, they listen a lot. And, they, uh, and I take them under my wing. They listen. And, um, they do their best they can every day. And how important that is, is that experience going to be with that ringer of a non-conference that you guys got, you know, playing at sixth-ranked Michigan, getting a top-20 Ohio State team, and then getting a huge game. I know Rutgers, I mean, that's that's a story for another time, but playing a top five team in Texas right before that. Oh, no, it feels good, you know. Um, you like that. You want, you want um, to be the... The, um, the hunters, you want to be the hunters. I feel like you need those games. Like, like that feels good knowing that you're going into their building or they're coming to those big games, and you know this this could be the game that can change your life at that moment. So just having that feeling of them being and having them on the schedule, it's just it makes me even more hungrier. It makes it that opportunity in my eyes bigger. And how, how much more exciting is it going to be, you know, to actually play these games, especially, you know, that those Texas and Rutgers games and obviously all those big Big East Conference games in front of the fans. Granted, you only had one home game in front of the fans at the very end, but now to have that the entire season and with no capacity limit. Yeah, I know. It's very important. Last year was crazy. The whole the – whole, um, the whole prudential was vacant, so it, like, you can hear yourself echo if you yell. You can, it, it got so cold in that building when there's nobody in there, so um, just having those feelings back, it makes it feel like it's supposed to be again. And, um, that feeling that we had in 2020, when we was winning, how that felt, the atmosphere around, it just felt good. And then I just can't wait for that capacity to be back in the prudential. Jared, as I correctly predicted, you were on the first team. Um, you know, there were some publications, and you were very vocal about, you know, being slept on in that way. But to get that honor today of being selected as preseason all-first team, like, you know, how validating is that for you personally? Uh, man, it's a dream come true, man. Uh, I put in so much work and time into this game and uh, into this conference as well and the Seton Hall team as in general um, that I feel like uh, I'm just so well-deserving of it in that way. And uh, I'm honored, but I feel like I'm well-deserving of it. And um, uh, that's no offense to all the other players. And there's amazing players that play in this conference. And it's just a testament to the, the high level and the, the play that um, – so last year, you know, down the stretch where you let some games get away, you know, those are games you could probably attribute, you know, if, you know, not having the mental toughness needed to win those games. But this year, having all that experience and guys like you who are not afraid to be vocal and willing your team on to be tough, like how important is that going to be to have that to 
change the course of that and alter those results where you know you're winning those games that you may have lost a year ago. I'm a big believer in uh, the little things, and uh, I've been trying to get on the guys about little things and how much they matter. And um, I've been trying to voice, make myself the main voice of that and being the advocate of the team in that way. Um, just trying to be our emotional leader, uh, weighing the ups and downs of practices. You know, trying to uh, bring all the guys together so we can be on the same page. And I feel like uh, those are the little things that go unnoticed and that make good teams good in the long run. Um, and, you know, I feel like the chemistry and the bond this year is, is probably unmatched since I've been at Seton Hall. And it's quite amazing because we have so many transfers and so many young guys that have came in. Uh, and I think it's gonna but be it's just a testament to the culture of Seton Hall. And, you know, even though you lose a guy like Mamu, who, you know, incredibly enough, you know, made the opening night roster for the defending world champion Bucks, you know, obviously we congrats to him, but... Even with his departure and bringing in a lot of new faces, what's going to, in your mind, what makes this team tournament caliber and to the level? And what's going to make get you over the top instead of just missing out in terms of getting back to where you want to be, which is in the NCAA tournament? Um, I feel like we've brought in some great players. Um, that's just the complete honest truth. I think Kadari Richmond is probably one of the best playmakers, not only in the Big East, but across the country. Um, such a willing passer, man. I've probably seen Kadari pass up wide open layups just to uh, get, get one of us experienced guys a shot. And I feel like Jameer Harris is absolutely one of the best shooters I've ever seen. Um, and that man can really shoot the ball, and I think he's going to help us stretch the floor out and make some big time shots for us this year. Uh, I feel like Alexis is an amazing uh, talent that he plays hard, man. He's a very skilled four man who can, you know, pick and pop. He can play in um, isolation. He can post up. And he does all the little things, and he reminds me of like a smaller version of Angel Delgado in that way. So uh, he's a, he's a dope player, man, and I'm really looking forward to playing with these newcomers and um, having one of the best defenders I think in the Big East with Miles Kale guarding me every day is, is an amazing thing for me. And, um, I think Miles Kale should definitely be uh, notified as one of the best defenders in the Big East. And, uh, that's something I'm standing on because me scoring a lot is cool and all, but it's hard when you got to do it against Miles Kale every day. <laughs> so, Ike, you know, last year, you know, I think you were playing really – I mean, Big East tournament-wise, I mean, you were playing some really, really good basketball. Obviously, you didn't get the result you wanted in terms of missing out on the NCAA tournament. Uh, but coming back for your final year, you know, how excited are you to, you know, get – you know, get back into number one that thirty-one game you know, full schedule routine, and also, you know, using that motivation. You know, having your season end here and taking that into this season, redeem yourself and getting back to where you want to go, which is that NCAA tournament. I mean, obviously, uh, last season was a little bit disappointing for us. But if you look at the other factors that caused that, we had like COVID during the season. Actually, before the season, we had like COVID, so we, we had like two weeks of practice before we had to play our first game, and that kind of like slowed us down a little bit, and that made us get like a slow start. And also during the season, we we didn't really like play to our expectations, and we finished for like fifth, and we didn't make it to the tournament. So this year, we are coming with like edge on our shoulder to try and like achieve things that we know. We are capable of achieving, so I think it's going to be a very exciting season. Also, having the fans back, I think that's going to make a very huge difference for us this year too. So, you know, how great is it? I know you lost Mamu, but I think as a whole, the the you know the front court has really improved. I mean, you know, what's it been like? You know, dealing with guys who you know have come in very good, like Alexis Yetna, but watching a guy like Trey Jackson improve, like he's been. You know, touted as the most improved guy on the roster in, in preseason. Yeah, I mean, uh, Trey, I think Trey Jackson, first of all, is going to be very useful for us this year because he's very he's improved on his defense and also offensive game. He's a, everybody knows Trey is very bouncy, and I think he's also a very good player. He can shoot it. He can play the three spot and the four spot, and I think he's going to be a huge year for him. And also, Alexis Yetner is a guy that can do it all. He can shoot the ball. He can rebound. He's a great rebounder. He goes. He crashes the glass hard. And he also can pass it and can make plays on the offensive end and the defensive end. So I also think he's going to have a huge season for us too. So Tyrese, now that you're in year three, now you're one of the upperclassmen, and you know, this is a this is an incredibly deep team. And you know, how great has it been? You know, just 
being able to, you know, have this competition, you know, guys, you know, with newcomers like Alexis Yetna and then just, you know, being around a lot of the experienced members of the team that also come back with you. Uh, it's actually been good, especially, like, our team is, like, very deep, like, actually, like, I think we're just as deep or maybe even deeper than my freshman year team, like, practicing with them is just kind of, like, making us better as a whole, like, we have life, we have good guards, skill, so I feel like us being that good as a team, it's going to help us, like, during the season playing, like, Villanova, UConn, St. John's and all those teams. So... You know, obviously last year, you know, the finish to that season obviously left a bad taste in your mouth. And obviously, you know, this is where your season ended a year ago at the hands of Georgetown. Um, like, just being in here, d does it give you this vibe that, you know, we got a lot of unfinished, unfinished business to take care of? Oh, most definitely. Like, the only, only thing I want to see us on this court is hosting the trophy. Cutting down the net, to be honest. Like, congratulations to Georgetown for winning the biggest championship. Like, all kudos to them. But we have a lot of unfinished business to do. We out here to work hard and we out here to get it done this year. Yeah, so seeing you guys in that number five position in the uh, poll, which is where you guys were a year ago, but given that even though you lost Mamu, I mean, the depth part of things made you guys a better team. Uh, but, you know, does being put at five, you know, lead to that underestimation factor like okay like we got something to prove now uh yeah but i feel like we're kind of used to being the underdogs and then we like to prove the world not only the biggest but the world around and then people like to you know join us as we continue to like get better and better and better and like oh we're actually really that good so i'm just ready we're just us and you know all like we're just ready to shock the world to be honest so uh julian you know last year you know Things really, you know, got off to a rough start, but, you know, that MLK Day game at UConn really, you know, turned the tide for your season, you know, got you guys to being, you know, a top five team in the league. You know, how important was that stretch to, you know, molding in you guys into who you are now, now that, you know, you become the player that you become. Posh is now a year older and a year wiser, and he had a great freshman year, but also bolstering with veterans like Mathis and Soriano. Um. But I think that game kind of, you know, it helped us come into our, our uh, identity. You know, I feel like that's, ever since then, you know, coaches always preached, you know, toughness, fast pace, defense, gritty, grind, and uh, all that kind of stuff. And uh, perseverance, really, you know. So I feel like that after that game is kind of when we, like, really understood what we had to do. And we kind of just, you know, took with it. And then, um, obviously, you know, a lot of guys left. And then coming into this year, well, the new guys, you know, they've, they've already, already uh, bought into to that, to that, you know, notion, really, like, of, Playing tough, playing fast, playing screening, grind, and stuff like that. So, I mean, so far it's been pretty good. And, you know, last year um, you guys were picked, you know, towards the bottom, and it's the complete opposite this time around. So, you know, what's the mentality, like, what's the change in mentality? I mean, I don't want to say it's like a 180, but how much has that changed from where you guys were predicted last year to now being in the four spot this year? Well, I mean, obviously the number changed a lot. You know, we're in the top half of the conference now, but our uh, our mentality and our goal will stay the same. You know, we're going to attack every game as if we were underdogs. And we're going to play hard like that. You know, that's, that's one thing that we can promise and, and, and guarantee every game is that we're going to come out, we're going to play hard. And uh, we're going to do the best we can. You know, and before that, before that, you know, clock goes off, we're going to sit there and be like, all right, well, we left it on the fourth night. So uh, the mentality is completely the same. It's just, you know, we're playing a different spot. But the mentality is just to win games. So I got to ask you this, and I don't know if it's been asked today, but like, are you aware of the nickname that Husky fans have bestowed upon you, which is the wrench? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been asked a couple times. I, uh, yeah. I, I, I've had a few nicknames. I've had pork chop, poppers, and now the wrench. And so like, I think I'm probably just gonna stick with the wrench. I think I'm getting a little tired. Again. Sounds a lot more badass, right? Yeah. I think it has a nice little ring to it, so I think uh, I'm gonna just stick with the wrench and just retire all the other nicknames. Yeah, no, I mean overall, also, you know, um, like, do you think like having a nickname like the wrench, you know, having you know that defensive mentality that you have up to the rest of your guys, like, would you say essentially that it's gonna be like a hard hat mentality for your entire guys to you know try to defensively stifle teams and you know win games that way, you know, since obviously, you know, book nights moved on, but still you have a really good collective team and can win games on the defensive end while, you know, supplementing that with good offense. Yeah, that's what Coach emphasizes. He's like, 
we're, I mean, if we're being honest, we're not going to, like, just outscore everybody. So, like, we have to hang our hat, like, be tougher than everybody. And we have to still be one of the best defensive teams in the country, not just in the conference, but in the country, if we want to be really successful. So that's what we're hanging our hats on is defense, really. And last but not least, I mean, obviously, I mean, the number two ranking in the preseason coaches poll in this conference, but you know, AP poll came out yesterday and you guys cracked it at number 24. Um, you know, just your overall thoughts on that and you know, um, where you guys can go from here, given you know, you have a lot of opportunities to prove yourselves as one of the elite teams in college basketball, not just being one of the top 25, even better than that. Uh, yes, it's a you know, we have a lot of expectations for us, like uh, people, um expect a lot from us and that's that's huge for us uh, we haven't had that type of expectations for us in a long time since I don't even know, remember like 2016 maybe so uh, we haven't had that in a long time so just to be able to prove go out there and prove that we're one of the best teams is important for us and even yesterday with coach Hughes he got on this like like we have to start practicing like we're like one of the best teams in the country. Like we have to practice like the top 25, top 20 team in the country. And so to wrap this episode up, you're going to hear from a new face to the Big East as well as a very familiar one um, in the coaching ranks. Shaka Smart, the newest head coach at Marquette. Just trust me, when you listen to him, you're going to feel a lot of the feelings that I felt when I spoke with him, which were... You know, the feelings of listening to a man who knows how to reach his players and get the most out of them and get them to buy into what he's selling. And what he's selling here is rebuilding a Marquette program that hasn't won an NCAA tournament game since 2013. That's a long-ass time. And granted, they have made the tournament a couple times since. You know, they made it under Wojo in 17 and 19, but were blown out in the first round both times. 17 by South Carolina, who made the Final Four that year, and then in 2019 by Murray State, led by, you know, one of the NBA's brightest young stars, John Moran of the Grizzlies. Shaka's been to the tournament. You know, he led... uh, uh, VCU from first four to final four back in 2011. And then uh, with Texas, you know, took him to the tournament multiple times, including winning a big 12 championship last year. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, they were knocked out in, in a major upset in the first round of last year's tournament by Abilene Christian. Um, a school that strangely enough is in the state of Texas. And then of course, as for that familiar face, you probably guess who this is by now. And, I think it's only fitting that I wrap this episode up with my conversation with him. None other than basketball Hall of Famer, Knicks legend Patrick Ewing. Um, obviously, didn't want to touch on you know the controversy that happened in Madison Square Garden last year in the Big East tournament. Uh, you know that's a thing of the past. Um, and obviously, you know, uh, funny thing was that you know I talked to him before. I'm like, you know, last year, you know, I'll be honest, like I was like, you know, coach, you know, I kind of asked you a stupid question last year, and you gave me an appropriate answer for a dumb question like that. And, you know, like I learned my lesson on that. So I'm going to try and make sure I don't ask you anything stupid here. So I hope you don't think that I, any of the questions I asked Pat were stupid. Um, but you know, to wrap this episode up, you know, again, a new face of the Big East, And of course, an old one and one of the all time greats in this conference as a player, a man who, you know, built the conference into what it was as the face of the league back in the early to mid-80s, the one, the only, Patrick Ewing. Without further ado, here they are now. Uh, Shaka, um, coming to Marquette and, you know, obviously there's a lot of turnover, as as there would be with any coaching change, but, you know, being back in your home state and being with a group of guys, with a good mixture of old and young, I mean, getting guys like Daryl Morsell and uh, Cork Woff, you know, um, how important is it going to be for those guys to provide that kind of leadership um, for the younger guys to, you know, set the tone in year one and build uh, from there during your time in Milwaukee? It's going to be everything. I think every team is determined by its leadership. 
Uh, and we define leadership as just the ability to make people better. So having Darrell and Kirk uh, was important for us um, because even though they'll only be on our team for one year, um, they're going to mean everything to our foundation, and they've done a great job so far. And, you know, um, just uh, I know you had a practice recently, you know, at Pfizer on the Bucks court. Uh, you know, how, like, what was the kind of, like, teaching experience they were giving them, you know, playing on the court of, you know, the defending world champions? Yeah, you know, it's not so much about the court you play on. I think it's more about uh, having a level of respect for what goes into winning mm -hmm. and what goes into positive experiences on the court. And the Bucks are as good of an example right now as anyone with that. Uh, the way that Giannis and Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton carry themselves, represent themselves, the way they work, the way their team came together to overcome adversity. So that's certainly an example we want to follow. So, Coach, uh, last year your whole mantra was started from the bottom, now we here. Still, even even second from the bottom, now we. <laughs> yeah, just I, I had to make that little joke, but um. You know, coming off the high, you know, winning that Big East tournament, like, you know, is there something, some sense of, like, trying to prove that last year wasn't a fluke? Uh, I mean, they can call it what they want to call it. We still, we're still Big East champions. We still have, we still have the, the trophy. Um, but, you know, we can't worry about what other people are thinking. All we can worry about is us making sure that we do everything that we can do to improve and, and try to get back to where we where we got last year. And and overall, I mean, you're going to have a lot of chance to prove yourself early, you know, with a, you know, pretty decently tough non-conference schedule. You know, how important is it going to be, you know, you know, traveling around, like going to California over Thanksgiving, you know, playing a road game at South Carolina and then scheduling a couple of tough Power 5 teams at home, you know, over the span of a week, you know, obviously renewing rivalry at SU and then uh, closing out with TCU at home. Um, I think it's, it's great. It's all, our our non-conference schedule is going to build uh, get us ready for, for the Big East. Like Coach Thompson always said, the Big East schedule is the toughest. Is the toughest. We, we knock and beat each other silly. So, you know, you get yourself, you have to get yourself ready for that gauntlet that you're going to face when you're um, going against all these great teams. So that is a wrap on part one of my 2021-22 Big East Media Day special. Covered all the men's side. Unfortunately, it sucks that I couldn't get to anyone from Villanova. Uh, you know, as, as I mentioned, they kind of dipped really early, and I was kind of shocked by that given, you know, Jay Wright is a, you know, he's a pretty, very open guy, and his players are well-spoken as well and, you know, are very articulate with the media. Uh, but I will make sure that, you know, you'll hear from, Anyone and everyone that I possibly can from Villanova throughout the season. But on part two, uh, coming out tomorrow, um, you'll hear the sights and sounds from women, the women's side of Big East Media Day um, and all the great content I got from there as well, talking about their uh, preseason poll and you know preseason all Big East honorees. So until tomorrow for part two of the special, this is Timmy I signing off from the Igloo, and thank you for tuning in once again.